open your heart, open your mind to this. And then you're, it's just a yet one more way in a beautiful, beautiful way of being more deeply inserted into the life of the church into which we've all been incorporated by our baptism. It's, it's part of who we are and let that become part of your own identity too, praying with and within the church. You're searching for the meaning of life. On what certainties should we build our lives and the life of the community to which we belong? I have come to know among you nothing but Christ and Him crucified. What matters is that I believe it, or rather know, not that I believe it, but that I believe it. We have hope. Someone who's alive today could be a saint tomorrow. That makes sense. That's why Jesus came on earth. In order to set them free with the truth of the gospel. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Upfront with the Archbishop. My name is Jenny Conley, your host. The goal of Upfront is to bridge the gap between the hierarchy and the faithful by discussing the truth, beauty, and challenges of our Catholic faith. I am here with Archbishop Richard Smith. Hi. Hello. Today, we're talking about uh, the divine office. Ah, okay. Do you, the divine office, right off the bat, why is it called the divine office? It's also referred to as the liturgy of the hours why office? Why is that word? Well, there? office would come from the, the Latin officium, which means oh. um, service, means duty, okay. means obligation. So what it's getting at is the ah. is is the Christian duty to be praying. Okay, right. pray without pray without ceasing for, for sure. And so from that comes what we call the liturgy of the hours, which is to say that there are different hours of the day set aside uh, for a particular form of liturgical prayer through which we sanctify the day. We make it holy by gathering in liturgy, gathering even individual as it gathering as an individual, you know, yeah. taking time as an individual to offer, offer prayer to God. And my understanding is that the liturgy of the hours, divine office, it is prayed by all priests. And there's even a sense of obligation around that. Oh, for is that sure, true? very much. I mean, it, uh, we we make us a, a solemn promise okay. that the rite of ordination to the transitional diaconate to that point to be praying the liturgy of the hours for the remainder of our lives. Wow, every day, every day, every day. Yeah, and so that's not just religious priests, but also diocesan priests. You bet. Wow, you bet. And okay. it's uh, some. Um, Listeners of a certain generation may have come across the word breviary. Yes. The priest is praying his breviary. Yes. So the liturgy of the hours is collected in a particular book, uh, which over time has come to be called the breviary. Okay. Yeah. There's so many terms associated. So many. Yeah. Because there's the divine office, liturgy of the hours. I have what I've just learned is the red version of liturgy of the hours. It's a single volume called Christian prayer. Hmm. And then you open the book and it says liturgy of the hours. Right. But I think that's the Christian prayer, which I know a lot of the laity would have. Uh, it's a condensed version of right. all of the hours. Is that a correct understanding? That, for sure. And there'd be some elements of the liturgy of the hours that would not be present yes. in that single volume. So norm, the, the full liturgy of the hours, the way we've printed it in English, expands over four volumes, actually. Yes. And the, the, the significant hour or component of that is what we call the office of readings, which is, which is rather lengthy. And that's something that appears every day. And so when, when you print those together with all the other component parts, it's gonna, you, you need a few volumes. But if that's absent, then things can be condensed and you look at just the, the principal hours, say morning prayer, evening prayer, uh, night prayer that can be, that can be put together in the one volume. 
Yeah, that's there's the four morning, daytime, evening, and night prayer. Right, right. Office of readings. If I see that title when I'm opening my liturgy of the hours volume, is that integrated into all the different hourly prayers, or yeah. is that something separate from the hourly prayers? No, we would we would see that as as one of the the key components. So as you mentioned, yeah, there's there's four principal ones there. So morning, daytime, evening, and nighttime prior to going to sleep. But then there's a, another one, a distinct one called the office of readings, yes. which typically, and this is how I do it, would be the first thing in the day. Uh, some people can anticipate it. It's, it's possible to anticipate it by praying the office of readings for a particular day the night before, almost the way we have an anticipated Sunday Mass. Okay. But it is one of those five consecrated elements of the Liturgy of the Hours. Oh, so office of readings is not something that, for instance, if I were to pray, I have my volume right here. If I were to pray morning prayer tomorrow, I'm not integrating, I'm even using the terminology wrong, I'm not integrating the office of readings no, the office into of re- morning. No, the office of readings is something distinct. It's its own. Is it prayed at a distinct hour? Or? Well, as I say, it can be, technically right. you could t- pray it at any time. Uh, I think most people by practice would pray it at the beginning of the day, mm-hmm. um, or some may choose to pray pray it the night before. Okay. So there's either the single volume or there's the four volumes, Mm -hmm. depending on whether you're expanded or condensed. And I remember reading um, in Sacrosanctum Concilium, which again, it's the constitution on sacred liturgy from Vatican II. And it talks about the divine office and liturgy of the hours. And it, it says particularly that there's a certain amount of hours and that something with those hours changed. There was a revision um, with the Vatican II council. Right. What right. happened there? So uh, the reasoning behind it all is not a, uh, particularly clear to me, but yeah. um, there were a number of different hours designated through the day, like through beginning at midnight and then three in the morning and then going right through the 24 hour cycle. Right. Um, uh, Following the Vatican Council, that was um, compressed yes. into these these five particular hours that we have now. Okay, so if you have the full expanded four volumes, yep. then there's five hours, right? Plus the Office of Readings. No, no, the, I would I would include the Office of Readings in that five. in those five. So Office of Readings, okay. Morning prayer, daytime prayer, evening prayer, and night prayer. Yeah, we actually, as our communications team here at the Archdiocese, we often pray midday prayer together. Great. Um, Great. But that's not, that's, what is that, an expanded element? Because you you didn't reference midday prayer or anything like that when you uh, just said- Midday prayer, daytime prayers. Oh, daytime And daytime included. prayer, there are three instances of it. So mid-morning, noon, mid-afternoon. I see. So you could select one of those essentially. Exactly. Yep. Okay, that's really interesting. So you pray- um, what do you pray particular hours every day or does it depend on the day and your schedule? How does so at the work? beginning of the day, I'll always, this is the first thing I do. Yeah. And that is, I'll start with the, everything that whenever you begin the liturgy, the hours of the day begins with what they call the invitatory. So it's, it's a, it's a prayerful recitation, usually of Psalm 95 that can be substituted with, a, with a few others. And then I move into the office of readings. And so like all the other, components of the liturgy hours. It's centered around the Psalms. And then um, there's an extended uh, selection from sacred scripture, followed by a, a rather lengthy excerpt from one of the church fathers or a saint or a significant church writer or a magisterial document, which helps to reflect upon 
uh, how God's sacred word has actually been received, meditated upon, handed on in her sacred tradition. And that's morning prayer. That's no, those, that's the office of readings. Office of readings. Then I move into morning prayer. Okay, and you'll do that. Is that part of your kind of morning ritual? Yep. Yeah. And then uh, midday prayer I'll offer. Um, uh, so the daytime prayer, I'll use, for me, it's usually the midday prayer oh. that I'll pause at noontime and offer. Yep. And then at the end of the day, around supper time, offer the evening prayer. And then at night, uh, prior to going to sleep is, is night prayer. I know for a lot of people, liturgy of the hours is likely associated with priests and religious, mm-hmm. something that priests and religious do. But my understanding is that there's definitely an invitation, an invitation from the church for the laity to be praying it as well as, as very much so. It's the prayer of the church. Right. It's the church's official liturgical prayer, apart from sacramental prayer. Yeah, it's not the prayer of priests. Nope. No, over time it was it was the the priests and the religious that that practiced it. But no, we would uh, I would rejoice to have more and more people celebrating. Uh, the liturgy, the hours, and praying it—you know—it's the kind of a thing that's designed as well. The nature of the liturgy itself is designed for people gathered together to pray as Christians together, sanctifying the day. It can also, though, uh, be prayer be prayed individually. So, for me to hear that your team here at the communications uh, area is uh, gathering for daytime prayers is—that's exactly what the church would want. Well, that's lovely that we're praying the same selection as you, midday prayer. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Prayer unites, right? It really does. Prayer unites. Yeah. And praying, this is is important, praying with the church unites. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, people will have their own way of praying, obviously. Very often it's just the the recitation of the formal prayers. They are Father... Uh, Hail Mary, Glory Be, praying grace at mealtimes. That's all wonderful, right? And then people have their own styles of prayer, just from the heart, praying together. That's all good. It's all wonderful. Um, But there is something very powerful and unifying in the church as the people of God gathering for her official prayer, praying together. And that's what you're doing when you're coming together and praying with the church, in the church, together with the church to God as a Powerful, powerful, unifying influence. I thought it was really beautiful that uh, Sacrosanctum Concilium says that morning prayer and vespers or evening prayer, that's mm-hmm. vespers, yep. yeah, they're the two hinges, hinges yeah. nice on phrase. which the office turns. Yep. I thought that was a really beautiful way of envisioning those two hours. And, and think of what that means. So morning prayer, the, the sense of it is, is of praise. Right and giving over of the day, that's that recognizing that God is God and I'm not. I'm I am simply creature, totally dependent, and and God's love is just so immense. God gives me everything, and and just that sense of praise that wells up from that. Then in evening prayer, the sentiment is more along the lines of thanksgiving, mm-hmm. right? Pondering the day, the gifts that God has given, and just offering those thanks mm-hmm. uh, to God, but using. This is so beautiful. Using the Psalms of, of, the, of the scriptures as, as giving voice, as the way we give voice to the sentiment within. Mm-hmm. The Psalms are so beautiful, and the Liturgy of the Hours revolves around that, those poems of praise that we call the Psalms. And they capture so beautifully and so dramatically the whole range of human existence, of, of human emotion, those times when we're, frustrated when we're angry with God, when we're just, you know, just 
when we're at wit's end and we're, we're in distress or those moments when we're just so full of praise and joy and thanksgiving. It's all there in the Psalms. And um, it's a beautiful way for the church together to lift up its heart to God. The Psalms too, I think it's important to realize, and this, this here's where we find, I think, the, the great unifying power of the Liturgy of the Hours. The Psalms too, since they're part of Scripture, have to be understood ultimately as Christocentric. Everything in Scripture points to Jesus Christ. And so the church in receiving that tradition has come to realize that as we pray the Psalms, we are actually praying in union with Christ, who is the head of the church, praying through with and in him to the Father. It's, it's the church unified with Christ, offering the, the prayer of thanks, of praise, of, of lament, of petition, whatever that prayer might be, to the Father. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're Christocentric, and that needs to be kept in mind. And morning prayer, it's referred to as lauds, right? Am I totally off base uh, that, That's just lauds, again, yes. again, but so again, that, that Latin that's word for praise. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And then evening prayer called Vespers. Is there a particular meaning behind that word other than time of day? Well, that's a term that just refers to the time of day, really. The time of day, which is, yeah, in the evening. I also thought it was interesting that I'm referencing Sacrosanctum Concilium so often because it's it's one of the- Matthew, central- she must read this, I don't know, how many times a day? It's just, it's just so much part of it. It's her, underneath so. her pillow. <laughs> That's right. The Bible <laughs> and Sacrosanctum Concilium. See, there you go. There you go. No, I think there's. it's really interesting the increasing amount of laity that are returning to these documents because there's so, so much- That dis- is so yeah, good. Yeah, because there's so much discussion about liturgy right now, I think yeah. especially in younger generations. And so rather than it being a discussion of- bunch of people's opinions, yep. there's kind of this realization, oh, we have authoritative documents. Yep. Yep. We can- and, and, and let's not stop there. Let's make sure that we're well-versed in Lumen Gentium, the church's yes. doctrine on on the church. Um, Dave, Dave Erbum, yeah. the doctrine and revelation. All, yeah. all of these are of a piece. Yeah, yeah. So if people are going back to those sources, I, I rejoice to hear it. Yeah, yeah, so true. And again, that, that particular constitution- on sacred liturgy from the second Vatican council, it talks about how pastors, I think it actually says pastors of souls. It's talking mm-hmm. about priests, which I re- I love that phrase. Pastors of souls are encouraged, not, I don't think obligated, but encouraged to uh, celebrate, especially on feasts or Sundays to pray the liturgy of the hours with their congregation. Yeah, that's a beautiful thing when it happens. Yeah, it doesn't, I mean, doesn't happen often. Doesn't are happen limited often in their time. Exactly, it sure. It just doesn't always yeah. happen, but have you ever done that in a parish? Pray liturgy of the hours with your parishioners? Oh gosh, not too, too often. I'd yeah. have to say for those those reasons that you just articulated. Yeah, because there's been, a, there's a couple parishes that I've noticed, especially in maybe the Lenten season or the Easter season. Yeah they gather and they actually pray the divine office together led by the it's priest. A, that's a great practice. And yeah. maybe let's, let's maybe consider how we might double down on that and make that a more yeah. solid practice within the archdiocese. Yeah. yeah. And it doesn't have, does it have to be led by a priest? Strictly no. speaking, it doesn't. No. So it can be something that the faithful could gather together and pray together. Sure. Yeah. Ah, that's, that's a really interesting. If the priest is there, it would be appropriate for him to lead it. Obviously he's yes. the, he's the, prayer leader, the spiritual leader of the community, but doesn't have to be led by yeah. a priest if he can't be there. Another phrase that stood out to me from that document on the divine office is how the church exhorts anyone who's praying the divine office, and I'm quoting directly here, to attune their minds to their voices when they're praying it. 
Great phrase. Yeah. I thought that that, that note on integrating what you're saying, cause it's very easy. I think as Catholics, because we have so many repetitive prayers or just sure. prayers that we yep. read that we can kind of just check out. Well, how often do we attune our mind to our words when we're praying to our father? Yeah. Right. That is, that is our prayer. That is the prayer. And at the end of it, sometimes what did, what did, what did I just say? Right. Yeah, you know, did I even think about it? Right. No. Well, no, that, and that is the prayer. So that's, that's one area clearly where the mind has to be attuned to the words. And like you said about the Psalms, the Psalms are really dramatic. If you do attune your mind to what oh, you're reading, yeah, I they love, can the keep Psalms. You, yeah. love the Psalms. David yeah. had a flair. <laughs> well, you know, and I've said to people before, when it comes to poetry in general, that was always lost on me. Right? I never um, really had a mind for appreciating poetry, yeah. uh, except with the Psalms. Mm. They speak so powerfully and so directly to the mind and to the heart, and, and especially in terms of our, our relationship with God and our, and our connection to reality in, in view of our relationship with God. It's very powerful. Yeah. And I love them. Yeah. Today, midday, there was, it was the theme of, of trusting in God mm. and kind of begging the Lord, have mercy on me. I trust you. I'm on yep. my, I'm at, I'm at the very end here, Lord, but I trust in you. Please well, have mercy on me. Well, we better be coming back to that, those particular Psalms more and more and more, I mm. think, because in our, in our society today, seems to me, I don't know what you think about this, but seems to me that we're suffering broadly from a crisis of trust. Mm-hmm. And that is showing itself in a whole lot of worrisome ways, whether it's domestic violence, whether it's suicidal ideation. This is not just a, a casual question. The question of trust is so foundational. Who alone can I trust? Mm-hmm. And there's one that we can trust, God who has made himself visible in Jesus Christ. Um, and so if the Psalms can bring us back again and again and again to the question of who, where can I really place my trust and, and, and find my deepest security in that, that will have such beautiful, positive collateral effects, you know, in my life and in the life of our society. So let's, let's find ways in which we can continue to lift up those, those prayers of really reassurance in, 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 in God's rock solid, um, hmm. unshakable love for us and the unlimited power that he has. Right? Mm. Amen. So beautifully said. So as we, as we close this episode, if someone is interested in integrating the divine office, liturgy of the hours into their life, um, we have, of course, I'm holding my Christian prayer book, which is the smaller mm. condensed version. And then Matthew, our producer, you have the four, all four volumes, don't you? Yeah, I have, the, I have the, the yeah the full the full liturgy of the hours. Yeah, there's also a shorter Christian prayer. Okay, which is even shorter than Christian prayer. Okay, and I think you can also get night prayer on its own. Yeah, um, if you just want and by the way, there's also apps for these things. Yes, oh yeah, you know, I really like the. Do you pray on the app, on an app or do you I might use? pray on the app if I'm traveling, right? And yeah. it, because these are bulky volumes, right? And sometimes to find when space is at a premium, I'll say, okay, I'm gonna. Yeah. I'll use the app, yeah. but I much, much prefer to hold the book. Right? Oh yeah. It's really nice. So, yeah. so I, I think where you were going with your question maybe was, how do we encourage others to, yeah. so, so let me flip the question then. How was yeah. you got, you're talking about how you're praying the liturgy. How did you come to do this? How did it unfold for you? And then yeah, maybe why, we can all learn from your own experience. Yeah. Matthew, you, you were talking about how you got started praying liturgy of the hours more often. Yeah. I, uh, 
I started when the pandemic hit and uh, huh. mass was kind of shut down or public mass was shut down. And I was like, what, what, what do I do now? What do I- <laughs> What's happening? <laughs> What's happening? Um, and uh, the liturgy hours came across, I don't know, my, my attention somehow. And I thought, oh, that's kind of exciting. I'll buy a new set of leather, leather bound books. And then <laughs> that'll motivate, motivate me to pray. And it, it really did stabilize my prayer life for sure. Because even if I, if uh, we were also expecting our second uh, child at that time mm. and uh, we were, your whole timetable and schedule gets kind of rearranged whenever you have a child. And so it stabilized my prayer life as, a, as in I can always kind of return to it. Yeah think like oh this is just this at bare minimum i've got this but do you find that it stabilizes your life period when you pray the hours because remember through this we're sanctifying the day yeah i would say that especially morning prayer okay for sure Mm -hmm. for sure gives my heart and mind more peace in the morning great Um, and woe to me when i do push it farther into the morning (laughs) also one of the first things i do it's always better when it's the first thing you do but if you push it couple hours it's like oh my brain's already full of stuff now i'll come back to well it becomes an instance of following what the lord said you know seek first the kingdom which means seek first him so before anything else this is what we seek and by Mm -hmm. making prayer the first thing we do that's exactly what happens and the rest of the day will unfold in a beautifully ordered fashion what jenny yourself what's your own experience with the hours. Yeah, I've never prayed with all four volumes. I have the the simplified uh, Christian prayer, the single volume, which is handy for carrying around. It's a little hard sure. to carry four volumes around. So well, you don't have to carry all four oh, volumes right. around, but uh, right. Oh, could, can you if how if you're going to pray night prayer and morning prayer in one day? Is it contained in one volume? It's all yeah, contained in one volume. Um, oh, okay. These are just the volumes are for different times of the year. Different times of the year. Okay. Well, I have one volume for the entire year, so it kind of mm. just depends. And I, I got into the habit. I wasn't really aware of it, to be honest, growing up. I mean, I mm-hmm. knew I, I saw priests that we were close to yep. praying it, but it just didn't really come up in my childhood formation. And then I went to, I spent a year at St. Therese Institute, a faith formation school in Saskatchewan, and they pray it once oh, or twice okay. a day. Okay, very good. And I just remember being a bit startled in, in the best sort of way, thinking, oh, this is... Oh, this is really interesting. It's hmm. especially if you're not able to go to mass, it's no mean by no means a substitute for nope. the mass, but it was this unique way of being integrated into the universal church. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, okay. Because you know that yeah. this exact prayer is being prayed by priests and nuns and the faithful and bishops all over the whole world. Yep. It's the same prayer. Yeah, yeah. So I always thought that was really neat. That that to me is one of the most compelling elements of it, the fact that when I Pray like today when we prayed midday prayer, it's being prayed everywhere in yeah. different languages, but it's the exact same yep. prayer. Yep. S- same as the Roman, you know, you go to the Ro- Roman, uh, Roman Catholic mass and you know that wherever the Roman Catholic mass is being celebrated, it's the same mass. Yep. So one of the things that yeah. uh, can be a little bit intimidating when you look at the bridges of the hours, whether it's Christian prayer or the full four volumes, uh, it can be intimidating looking at all the ribbons. Oh yeah. Right. And kind of flipping back and forth. I remember the first time I was exposed to this was on a hiking trip with uh, a priest friend and uh, some other other Catholics, young Catholics. And I was totally kind of like, okay, that's complicated, <laughs> flipping back and forth. Yeah. But one, I still get mixed up with all the ribbons. Don't worry <laughs> know, about it. Yeah. You know. Little prayer cards you use as bookmarks sometimes. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, but one of the ways to av- like avoid that if you're just looking into it 
is the iBreavery app, which yeah, uh, does all of that work for you. Sure. Yeah, yeah. does all that work for you. Um, another way is it's actually a podcast um, and it's oh, updated yes. daily, very timely. And it's, uh, it's called Literally the Hours, Sing the Hours. Now, you really don't want to be advertising podcasts that might compete with us, do you, Jim? I think right, I would be okay. My, my the yeah. open generosity of that heart of yours. Wonderful. <laughs> they, did not, they did not give us uh, any money to advertise on this podcast. But, <laughs> but I use it sometimes if, if I'm dr- driving around, right, um, in the evening or in the more early in the morning. Because um, it's beautifully, be- the, the hours are beautifully sung. It's morning and evening prayer. Okay. That's another entry point if you just want to check it out. Okay. Yeah. And there's, there's several websites. We'll put some in the show notes. I think there's, yeah. there's even one website that if you want to use the physical Christian prayer or liturgy of the hours books, and you want to use all the ribbons, there's a website that tells you where your ribbons need to be. So there's yes. so many, there's so many amazing resources that people have developed right. so that we can I pray. Had no, I had no idea. This is, that's great. It's yeah. Wonderful. It's, it's really wonderful how many people have dedicated themselves to making it this more accessible. Um, Beautiful. Yeah. Your grace, any closing thoughts on, and just even, yeah, for someone who's curious and wants to be integrated more, more so into that universal prayer of the church. Go for it. Yeah. Go for it. Don't, um, don't allow the curiosity just to, just kind of be unattended. Open your heart, open your mind to this. And then you're, it's just a yet one more way in a beautiful, beautiful way of being more deeply inserted into the life of the church into which we've all been incorporated by our baptism. It's, it's part of who we are and let that become part of your own identity too, praying with and within the church. Well, thank you, your grace. You're for welcome. This wonderful conversation as per usual. And thank you to everyone who's listening. Um, we hope that more of you join, yeah, join the church in this universal prayer. Um, of worship to the Lord and bringing him closer into our daily lives. And uh, we hope that you join us next week again for another Tuesday episode of Upfront with the Archbishop.